morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to all on, I think, what is going to be a beautiful, sunshiny day. So um, nice to have you here. Uh, my name is Basil Favis. For some of you who might not know me, I am an elder here and also uh, a member of the preaching team. Um, last week, I had the opportunity to also share from the pulpit here on the theme of how the resurrection changes everything. And this week, I'd like to continue on that. And the title is actually going to be called, Where Are You Seeking Life? Where Are You Seeking Life? So one of the greatest desires of humanity is for life. It's for meaning. It's for purpose. That what I've actually done means something. And what I'd like to look at today, and I'd like to link this to the resurrection life that we talked about last week, what does this mean for the Christian? It is a question, in a sense, here. We'll be looking at life and death, but spiritual life and spiritual death. Um, I'd like to start in Luke chapter 24. So we're going to go back again to the story of the women going to the tomb. Instead of last week in Matthew it's very interesting if you look at Luke, there's a very interesting take on the story and there's a scripture that really, really resonated deeply in my heart. So the women are approaching the tomb. Jesus has died. They're coming on the third day to anoint the body. Um, and we'll take up the story there. Luke chapter 24, verses 5 and 6. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. They saw the angels. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. So when I saw this, it went deep into my heart. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. And I thought there's a message for that in us. There's a message for what we look to in life. There's a message for the things that we look to that we're trying, that we desire to sustain us. And that sometimes we look for life from things that are dead. In a sense, during the pandemic, I would say we're all a little bit like the women who went to the tomb. Life has been disrupted. We've lost a sense of community. What's happened to my faith, you might ask, if you're a Christian? Even if you're not a Christian, what's happened to my life? In this particular story, in Luke chapter 24, the women, when they went to the grave, they were devastated. Christ had died. In some ways, their world had been shaken. What they had hoped to happen and what they had believed in with all their hearts somehow just didn't happen. Their world was shaken, and in many ways, I think their hope was lost. But what they did, these women, when they went to the tomb, is that they followed a thread. And there may be a message there for us. They followed what would come next. And in hope, what they did, and in, in, in following this thread, they went to anoint the body, and they followed this tradition. When they arrive, they're told these impactful words, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. 
he is risen. And what it does is it looks to the things and it speaks to the things, as I said before, that we look to to sustain us. We look to the natural. And God is calling us over the course of our lives, as we become children of God, as we walk in faith, the entire walk of the Christian is a turning from the natural to the supernatural. To not move away from the natural, to live in this world, but to actually then even see the supernatural in that. And the question that was asked there, why are you looking for the living among the dead? So the angels actually tell them, the women, that they're looking in the wrong place. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we're looking also in the wrong place. They were looking among the dead. But the Lord had risen, and the Lord had provided a way of life. And as I mentioned last week, at the core of our faith, at the core of our belief, is this bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead, this overwhelming supernatural event that humanity and this world and this universe has never seen anything like Jesus being risen from the dead. So it is a question, really, of where we're looking for life. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, continues on that life and death sort of idea. And again, we're not talking about physical death here as much as we're talking about spiritual death. Matthew 16, 25 says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 13 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Last week I was mentioning that as Christians we believe that we have been co-crucified with Christ, but we've also been co-resurrected with Christ. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. So we actually both Christian and also non-Christian, we pass through cycles of trying to save ourselves. And often what we do is that we're looking for life in the wrong places. So what actually is spiritual death? Spiritual death is where we put our ultimate hopes. Is my ultimate hope the idea that I can redeem or save myself? This is a strong, strong message that we're receiving in our culture. You can save yourself. We're called to love ourselves. We're called to love others. But I'm talking about where our ultimate hope is. So we have this lie. We have this, 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 this belief that somehow I can save myself. Or this person can save me. This person can redeem me. We put a lot of emphasis on relationships. Relationships are important. 
We're called to love and to nurture the relationships and the friendships that God has given to us. But we're not called to put our ultimate hope in that. These circumstances, if only these circumstances were different, I could be saved. These things, if I had them, I could be saved. Scripture is telling us that when we put our ultimate hope into those ideas, it is going to lead to a spiritual death. And the spiritual death, we were actually, as humans, to flourish is to know spiritual life with our God. So where do you put your ultimate hope? To be fully human, to be fully human, we require spiritual life and to put our hope in God. We often feel that we can redeem ourselves oftentimes also through our activities. They become our hope. We're looking for life out of death. Even Christian activities, many times, we can have this sense that somehow we're redeeming ourselves through those activities. Oswald Chambers has something very, very powerful on this. God is so good. Uh, it wasn't expected that I would be up here to give the sermon this Sunday. It was a decision taken about Wednesday afternoon, and it was a bit of a pivot there. And, and the Lord just brought certain things our way, um, and there was a devotional in, in Oswald Chambers and um, just two days ago. And it says the following. Please listen to this. Because it tells us what, what God desires for each of us as the life of Christ is being formed in us. As we even talked about last week, the resurrection life. Oswald Chambers says, It is not what a person does that is of final importance, but what they are in what they do. Did you everyone hear that? It is not what a person does that is of final importance, but what they are in what they do. The atmosphere produced by a person, much more than their activities, has the lasting influence. We are called to be. We are called over the, what God is doing with us as we come, if we've come and made a decision to follow Christ, the life of Christ is being formed with us. We are being sanctified. The process is a long process. It is a turning from the natural. The many things that we look at to save us to the supernatural. It's not a moving away from this world, but God will build in us as he forms the life in Christ in us. He will be able to take us into places and to see the supernatural even in the natural places that we walk. And in the end of the day, it's not about what we do, but it's about who we are. Luke chapter 24, verses 49 says the following. And this is now again coming back to the story of, of the women going to the tomb and, 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 and the resurrection of Christ. And at the very end of this chapter... As Christ has met the women, he has met his disciples, and he's ascending into heaven. 
he says to them, and it is a message to us people as a church and as a church community. He says, Luke 24, verses 49, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? We need people to be a people that call on the Holy Spirit, that ask the Holy Spirit to fill our lives, to lead us, to shine light on our walk, to call for a release of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And it is this release of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our churches and in our community that forms the life of Christ in us and the life of Christ as we are connected with each other in even more perfectly form that image of Christ as a community. The Holy Spirit empowers us, develops the life of Christ in us. Let us desire it and desire to see its release in our midst. Some of you might be saying, how can I know more like the presence and how can I allow the Holy Spirit? I want to just give a couple of examples. It is possible to read scripture and for that scripture to be empty. But what God is asking us to do is when you read your scripture, when you're reading a devotional that God has called you to read, you stop and you listen to what God has to say to you. That when you read this, that you have time to stop, that you're not just reading it and filtering your own thoughts into that, that you stop and say, Lord, what do you have for me in this? There are some meditations like the examined prayer of Ignatius that actually built into that says, look at my day. You are called to look at your day with God's eyes, not your own and guided by the Holy Spirit. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak, to make room, to allow him to stop and to also to listen. It's not so much how much scripture we know, how much we can rattle off, how much we can memorize. Are we able to hear God, to give him time, to stop, to listen, to ask for him, to speak to us. You call on the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to be released in your life. This is a prayer that God will always, always, always answer. And the life of Christ is formed in us. That life of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit is meant, like we saw last week, to, it is a complete change. We go from spiritual death to spiritual life. We come to know Christ and give our lives to him. And this process of the, of the life of Christ growing with us through our lives completely changes us. 2 Corinthians 5.17, and I'm going to give you two of my most favorite verses in all of Scripture. This is one of them. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old life is gone, a new life has begun. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. All the hope that we would put in the natural things around us. Not to say that these things aren't important, that we need some of these things, that we live in this world and we're called to use the natural things that God has put around us, but to put our hope into them, to put our ultimate hope into them is spiritual death. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, almost like a garment, if you can think of it that way, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. God, our God, is a God of holy love. His desire is to be formed in our lives. His desire is for it even, even so much what we do. You might think that I have some particular impact by being up here. Friends, the fact of being up here means nothing. It is the life of Christ in us. That God is calling forth in us, wherever we are. Whoever you have around you the people that you love, the people that you care for, the things that you have had to manage during this pandemic, God is calling you, all of us, to stand in the gap by his power, by his spirit. We are called into a life of total renewal. Our ethics are renewed. We are called into really even a psychological transformation. He redeems everything. We're called into a new life. Beauty from ashes. I have a story for you here that maybe will give you a little bit of a, a visualization of, of God's redeeming power. So um, we have, uh, a few years ago, we had to um, get a new railing for uh, one of the stairs at our place. And we were just looking for a wooden banister of a certain length and uh, simple, but a wooden banister. And the person who was doing the contracting actually said, you know, I would really appreciate it, Basil and Kathy, and it actually ended up being Kathy who was doing this. If you could go and just get this banister, here's the dimensions, just a wood banister for, for the stairs. And so Kathy went around. This is really actually a bit of a funny story. She went around. There were no wood banisters anywhere, anywhere. You went here, there, this length. I mean, they either weren't the right length or they were too small or whatever. She finally found one in one store off on the side. It was warped. It was scratched. <laughs> it, was, it was in a sorry, sorry state. She called me and we said, there's nothing anywhere else. Pick it up. You know, Kathy went to the cash, brought this wood rail, and the person at the cash said, are you really sure you want to buy this? <laughs> we handed it kind of to the contractor and said, well, you know, here's the rail that you were, you were talking about. We came back a week later. He 
turned it, I can almost, my heart will just, I hope that you sense the spirit of God in this. That railing, that banister, was the most beautiful thing you have ever seen in all your life. This fellow who was a contractor who had also kind of become a bit of a friend, he just took care of it, got the warp out, sanded it down, varnished it. It is a thing of beauty. And we look at it every time I look at that. I look and I'm saying, that banister was redeemed. (laughs) And interestingly enough, our contractor's name was Christian. So it's a Christian railing, right? Um, God is calling us. He's redeeming us. He's redeeming us. No matter if you think you're not redeemable, or maybe you think you're too good to be redeemed. You know, the gospel speaks to both sides of this. We're going to be redeemed. And he will redeem us completely and absolutely and beautifully. And I just want to read a poem here. And this poem is, is written by Kathy. Um, and uh, happy Mother's Day, Kathy. We love you. You're amazing, amazing, amazing woman. Thank you for all that you do for our family. God loves you. I love you. This poem is by Kathy, my wife, and it's called Living in the Ruins. Living in the ruins, picking up the battered pieces, trying to see what's left to salvage. Everything, he says. Everything, I ask? Yes, everything, he says. Living in the ruins, how can this be made beautiful? I don't understand. Everything is beautiful, he says. All will be made new. Living in the ruins, what good can come of this? What has any worth? Every single piece, he says. All will be made new. Living in the ruins, what can be rescued here? What can be reclaimed? Everything. All of it, he says. All will be made new. Living in the ruins, what I can't see, he can. What I can't do, he does. Everything, he says, everything made new. So where are we seeking life? Are we seeking life from things that are just the natural things of this world? Are we putting our ultimate hope into that? Scriptures are telling us there's no life that can be drawn from that. Like the women that went to the tomb. Why are you looking for life among the dead? Where are you seeking life? God is calling us to choose life. Whether you're maybe not a Christian and you're listening to this for the first time, God is calling you, desiring you to choose life. If you're a Christian... What are the foundations that we're building? Are we being formed in Christ? Are we putting our, truly putting our hope in God as we go through? God is calling us to choose life. I'm going to finish with this scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 to 20. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. 
You can make this choice, and listen to this, everyone. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is a promise in Deuteronomy as the nation of Israel is on the verge of entering the promised land. May God call us. May God lead us. May we choose life. Choose life. Choose life. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for all that you are, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that you love us, that you care for us, that your arms are around each one. No matter where we've come, what we've done, how we may have left you behind, Lord, you are there and always ready to come. As we come to you in forgiveness, Lord, your desire is to redeem, for your spirit to flow through, for us to be made into your image, oh God. And Lord, for us to be fully and totally, absolutely redeemed. Everything we've done, whatever it is, Lord, you will redeem it all. We thank you for this love, O God, for this hope and for this purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.